are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you guys today. We have got to go over UNC versus Iowa. We'll recap the game and give you some key takeaways as we watch the team take another L to fall 3-2 and two on the season. We've got UNC versus Miami. Mac Brown is gearing up for another top 10 team. And what is he expecting? What is he excited about with his team? But more importantly, what will this, what will this win mean for the Tar Heel program? Let's talk about all of that today. Cool. Let's get into it. Alrighty. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. We are excited to be halfway through the week. We are two days closer to the weekend, all of that good stuff. And we are two days closer to Carolina taking on Miami. But more importantly, before we get to the football side, I have to give you my takes and recap for UNC versus Iowa. As we know, the team traveled to Iowa City, and man, oh man, it was a little chilly <laughs> when it came to those threes, all right? Because it was just straight raining for the Hawkeyes. It was burr season for the Tar Heels, okay? That's a Gucci reference if you guys are listening to rap music, but, you know, here we are. But it was really the SOS, right? Same old stuff, right? Same old things that we have seen from the Tar Heels throughout their first four games to start the season. The Tar Heels struggled defending the three-point line. They committed too many turnovers. And they struggled at the free throw line. It was all the same things that we get tired of talking about and get tired of tweeting about and repeating. But here we are looking at the same kind of performance. They get down and out and then they magically come back. But let me talk to you about let me talk to you about previously how it was supposed to look, right? Carolina was shooting less than 42% from the floor as a team, 27% from three-point range. The Tar Heels had to win the battle in the low post on both ends of the floor to keep it competitive. So we needed Garrison, Armando, Walker, and Dayron to have a big game. And they tried. They tried. They certainly did. All four guys were needed to get inside looks early and often they needed to feed them rj caleb talking to you didn't exactly feed the bigs like they should have and that's cool but also let's talk about luca garza who was averaging 34 points 34 points on a 76 percent shooting nine plus rebound nine plus rebounds in two blocks per game shooting 62 percent from three so going into this game everyone felt like it was luca and, and nobody else Luca essentially in the pips. And let me tell you, them pips was like, oh, you just thought Luca was nice like that? <laughs> I got some for you. Now, the last time that Carolina played Iowa, Iowa won 60 to 55. That was back in 2014 when Carolina played at home. And the all-time series was having Iowa lead three to one before last night's game. And man, oh man, people thought that it was going to be Iowa in the end. I, of course, was on our crossover episode with Locked on Hawkeyes and had to go hard for the squad. I picked Carolina, always will. But it just seemed as though Carolina had a chance. They surely did. It was a predictable, okay, Carolina's going to get down, but they're going to rally back, which they did. But it was something about that second half run for Iowa that just sealed the deal. I believe it was about 14-0 or 13-2. and Iowa just took the game away from them. They took it out of Carolina's hands to even try and make it a fight. But also, Carolina wasn't exactly looking the hungriest. You know, I felt as if the guys were just 
frantic and flustered and not playing their game. So it was another slow start for the Heels, right? But the Hawkeyes made 17 three-pointers, including 11 in the first half. So that's a, that's a different kind of dagger, right? 11 from three, and that's not from Luka. Again, as I mentioned, he was not a factor. I think he only had like six points going into the second half. But 17 threes were most by any team ever in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, ever. So it's hard to beat a team when they're shooting at the gym. It's hard to beat a team that's making it rain. And honestly, it was a tsunami. <laughs> okay. UNC's strategy of doubling Garza in the post led to some open looks for Iowa shooters. And they honestly took advantage. They, they felt hot. They felt good. And it showed. And eventually, you would think in your head, hey, I have to protect the three. But I don't know. Maybe that wasn't a conversation that was going through some of these guys. Had, leaving people wide open. But hey, here we are. Luka Garza, certainly, you know, after a while, someone as good as him is not going to just have six points to end the game. He is going to end up being a factor. He is going to turn it on. He has probably that mental talk with himself during halftime. And then he certainly got going in the second half and was actually a big factor. The All-American had a few big and one plays to help Iowa extend their lead as they went on an 11-0 run to grab the 10-point lead. Now, some of these fouls are questionable. I feel like they favored the home team. I'm not even going to front. I feel like Walker put up his hands a couple times, and all of a sudden, magically, Luka got them elbows going, and it was a foul. I don't know. I Again, I'm not a basketball expert. However, I know what I see, and I see what I saw. Okay? And what I saw was some of these were some questionable fouls. All right? That's just period, and that's what I feel like. Garza finished the game with 16 points and 14 rebounds, doing the most damage obviously, again, in the second half. But the key, key people of the game were Jordan Bohannon, who finished with 24 points, CJ Frederick, who finished with 21, and Joe Wiskamp. Wiskamp, sorry if I said it wrong, in that, with 19 points, okay? Those were the three who just annihilated Carolina from behind the arch. Made some good shots, some good two-pointers, you know, all that good stuff. Took it to the rim, capitalized on Carolina's inability to protect the ball. So, no doubt, of course, it's going to happen to you after a while. On the UNC front, Garrison finished with 17, who was arguably not supposed to play. Interesting decision to put him in. I think, I'm not sure if Dayron, I can't say like, okay, Dayron's supposed to start, right? Because I don't know if he's better, kind of like that Lou Williams vibe. He can come off the bench and really just bring a different energy. But with Garrison being injured, I was okay with Dayron getting that start and seeing how it could have gone. And if, but you know, maybe they didn't want to do that because it would have hurt somebody's pride if Dayron started and dominated. Because then we would have to have a serious conversation about our rotations and our starting lineups. Because it's now game five where we start out sluggish and slow. So I just I want to know, Roy, what are we doing? Let's have that. Let's have that talk. Let's have that inner. Okay, you know, I understand upperclassmen leadership and I understand upperclassmen, you know, favoritism. But some people ain't doing what they need to do. Okay, take that for what you want. So Dayron had 13 points, RJ had 12, and Kayla finished with 11. Again, having your backcourt finish with only 23 points in the game is just simply not acceptable, right? And it's not because they had 23 points combined and some amazing numbers and assists. No, no, that wasn't it. They do not facilitate the ball well. They do not feed their, their flashes where they can facilitate. There's flashes, but I think they still are struggling to see the floor and see they're bigs. Honestly, that's where a lot of the points were missed, in my opinion. Luca was doing but so much, but I'll get to that in a second, okay? 
from field goal percentage, it was about even. From three-point attempts or percentage, it was about even. But obviously, Iowa attempted far more threes than Carolina. Them free throw conversations. Carolina did 60% of their free throws. However, <laughs> they didn't get to the line often, but there were some key free throws, like Walker Kessler missing both free throws on the end to tie up the game or to go up one. Those are kind of things that you punch yourself for, right? And having the opportunity to get back in the game and stay in the game when you get these free throw opportunities is something that Carolina is going to have to do better. Rebound-wise, Carolina out-rebounded them. Carolina had, but also without rebounding, they had more turnovers. So you get some breakaway points, but sometimes when you try and break away, you you get flustered, you get overwhelmed, you're doing too much, and you turn the ball over. And it's just careless turnovers. Like some every now and then you get your pocket picked. Okay, cool. Steals, Iowa had eight. Fine, we'll live with that. But sometimes when you're just dribbling so fast that you don't, can't even have, you don't even have the wherewithal of what you're doing or kind of play you're about to execute, that's the frustrating things that you see that you're just like throw your hands up and don't understand. And that's what I feel like Roy was doing a lot of on yesterday. So that's just, whoo. All right, there's that. So, you know, key takeaways. I'm not going to go in on the guys because I think at the end of the day, they don't make them know, never mind. It doesn't help the situation. I think from a statistics standpoint, they have the talent. I, I can't tell you how to be better on the floor because I don't do that. So I'm not going to sit here and say, like, yes, you should do X, Y, Z, X, and blah, blah, blah. I'm not Roy. I know my, I know my role, and I'm going to play it well. But I do think that, you know, a wise woman once taught me, and I'm going to give you a little anecdote. It's about men, right? After a while, when a man's not treating you right, you're going to get tired. Okay, you're going to get tired of being treated wrong. You're going to get tired of having to go through, you know, the ups and downs of a relationship that's not successful. You're going to get tired. And that's how I feel like Carolina and their offense is. You're going to get tired of doing the same thing over and over and not executing the plays that you want to do. You're going to seriously get tired of turning the ball over, right, making careless mistakes. And it's going to get in your head more and more and you're going to get defeated a lot easier. So you're going to get tired of getting having Coach Reem with you about the same situations. You know, whether you answer to it in a positive way, it's all up in here between the ear, in between those ears, right? We all know Carolina has talent. That's not their issue. Can you execute what Coach has laid out before you? Doesn't seem like that's happening right now, but hopefully it'll get better as the team chemistry gets better. Now, the bigs don't need help. In my opinion, I think the backcourt does. I think the bigs, no. I think Walker, okay, I think Walker's still learning his body, and he's fine, but once he gets it, he got it. But I think Dayron, one and done her, easily calling it now. Thank you for your time. I appreciate these 10 months that you give us, but go ahead and make that money, son. I do think that Garrison is in his head. I do think that Armando brings a different energy and has a lot more confidence than he did last year, but still needs to grow. But the backcourt, Jesus B. A, it's ball secure, ball securer, okay? I think that these guys need to figure it out. I think Caleb should not be running point. <laughs> I think that RJ should be, he's much better at facilitating the ball. He's much better at taking it to the house, I think, or to the rim, rather. I think that it's more important for us to have these kind of conversations like, all right, who's going to be the guy who is the floor general? I think that's more of RJ's role, but what do I know, okay? 
I think that they got they also need to figure out how to have a plan. A lot of times you saw them going to the rim, even Andrew Playtech trying to take it to the rim and not really know what's due than having to kick it out because he's frustrated. Like, if you're gonna be bold, if you're gonna be a bear, be a grizzly, like if you're gonna do it, let's get it done. Don't sit here, dribble real fast, and then hold the ball because you don't know what to do, because you're not looking up, because you're not knowing how to facilitate the floor. Like, why are you guys all why did I see many plays where y'all are all bunched together? And Iowa is literally all out in space. And it was just a matter of who wants to make the three this time, right? Why are you all bunch trying to block Luke? He get like, okay, sometimes he just gonna go in the paint. But I will say, when you guys figured out the fact that you had to protect Luca, it kind of got in, in trouble because we eventually saw four fouls between Dayron, Armando, and Garrison. So the foul trouble got us. And when Dayron had to sit down in the second half for a long time, that's a different energy that we saw throughout the game. So, it's a lot going on for the Tar Heels. Now, finally, I feel like you've got to trust your instincts better. I think that these guys are still trying to figure out who and what they are. And unfortunately, we don't get that this season where you get many games to do that. So, it's going to it's tighten up season. You know, you need to turn on City Girls, tighten up. That is the first song on their original first album. I need them to listen to that and tighten up. Because it, we're, we're done with the whole, like, I'm doubting myself. We're freshman excuses. Roy's over that, and so am I. <laughs> okay? So we are going to have to figure out a way to ensure that we have confidence in the team and pour into them. Not we, there's we, got, we don't have any more time, really, to sit here and say, hey, I hope you guys figure it out. Your next matchup is freaking Ohio State in Cleveland. After that, you start ACC play. So what we got to – Okay. And it's against the NC State, an in-state rival who would want nothing more than to beat you. Cam Hayes is not nothing to sniff at, all right? So I need the guys to want better for themselves and step up in the next game. We'll play Ohio State at 2 on December 19th. I'm excited about it. I look forward to talking about it yet again at Locked on Heels at Candace D. Cooper. But finally, as we end this segment, I want to hear from Roy Williams and what he thought post-game about the end result and what the team can do moving forward. Right. It, I'm not into moral victories, but I think we're getting better. But start of the game, we just didn't defend the way we had talked about it and the way we had worked on and then in the middle of the second half, we make a great run, and then we miss a key box out two or three times, and then it gets even later than that. We went to the free throw line three times and go 0 for 2. And uh, so there's a lot of things that we've got to get better at. I love my team. They're a wonderful group of kids. Uh, got to get tougher. You got to get tougher. Got to have more pride on the defensive end of the floor and take what they're given in the scouting report to do out of there on the court. And I think that if you do that, then you've got a chance to take another step forward. I really, really like Iowa's team. They're like some of our really good teams. They've got a big guy inside like we've had that can score, and they got a bunch of three-point shooters. And uh, uh, we feel like that we came in here and did some good things. But the bottom line is they get, they get a W and we get an L as we're going to take our rear ends back home. And there you have it. Coach said it best. That's where we're at with it. We got to just do better. We have to perform better. We have to step up. And moral victories, we don't do them around here. I mean, we're University of National Champions. You can't you can't sit here and wallow in self-pity. And then you took your L and you keep it going. We get back on the road and you try again next week. All right? So that's what we're going to do. Now, we've got to talk UNC versus Miami on the football field. We've got a top 10 matchup that we have to prepare for. Man, oh man, are these guys excited about it? I know I am, but what will the win mean if they beat Miami? Let's have that conversation on Locked on Tar Heels. 
Do you ever feel like you're always on? I mean, same. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes I just need to celebrate responsibly. That's when I reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing, Coors Light from Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. All right, folks, as you know, I am on this new fitness journey since retiring from swimming. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Head to BuiltBar.com now and use promo code Locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Coming up next week, we have ACC more hoops conversations as we gear up for the holidays. We are having three days before Christmas. Carolina will face MC State. But more importantly, before we do that, we got to have that Ohio State conversation. So all these hoops news, albeit COVID withstanding, we get to play these games. So we are going to just pray that we stay healthy. I really enjoy watching the Tar Heels perform both on the basketball court and on the gridiron. So I'm sending all the good juju vibes. So let's have those conversations coming up Friday. I want you guys to be back here for the UNC Miami five key observations that we do every single week as we prepare for yet another big win for the Tar Heels. All right. So UNC versus Miami at three 30 on ABC. It is going to be an excellent game. I'm super excited to see Carolina in primetime yet again. I am thrilled that it's not a night game. You already know how I feel about night games. I don't think that that's our ministry. <laughs> I think noon or I can give you the 3.30, but I prefer the noon game for myself as well. But alas, we're at 3.30 on ABC on Saturday. Super excited about it. Carolina needs this win. They need this win as another mark in the improvement, the progress of the program, right? We want to keep saying that Carolina's right there. They're on the cusp of being yet another, you know, staple team in the ACC conversation. They're another top team. But if they don't win on Saturday, then it kind of puts you in that, okay, seven and four conversation where we're cool, but we're just not there. And I don't want to have that conversation anymore. I don't want to keep saying that Carolina always has potential and they never can quite get it done. I don't want Carolina to be the potential boyfriend, right? I want them to be the delivered, actions-proven boyfriend who gets things done. I'm sorry if you don't like boyfriend relationship references, but I'm female and sometimes that's the best thing I got for you. So here we are. <laughs> if Carolina wins, the Tar Heels will finish the regular season eight and three. They have the potential of going to the Orange Bowl in two weeks. And that just shows me that Carolina is the team that we brag, bra brag about, right? They are the team that we honestly can sit here and say is on the up and up. Having Sam Howell under center, having, you know, a defense that's young, but getting it. This is going to be a great year for them. And obviously we know that this is a year that doesn't necessarily count if you don't want it to. Thank you, NCAA. So how many years of staying behind, unless you know you are a shoe and pick, do they get a whole nother year? So I think 
if you really take these young guys defensively, next year they're going to be great. But I want them to also have the confidence of getting things done right now. We didn't get to do Mac Mondays because we were so focused on UNC versus Iowa. And then we had the crossover episode yesterday. But I want you guys to hear from Mac and how excited he is to have this competition and to have Miami facing Miami and the idea of beating another top 10 team and what it will mean for this program. Um, Manny Diaz has, has done a tremendous job uh, with some key staff changes that have, have really worked well for, for Miami. Uh, they also have recruited well. Uh, when you look at, at their, their roster, and he's done a brilliant job with transfers. Uh, I mean, they've got some of the best transfers in the country that have come in and, and made a huge impact for them, and, and we, we really haven't been able to do that at the, at the same level they have. So uh, their kicker, their punter, two of the best in the country, and they're both transfers, and uh, the two defensive ends uh, may be the, the best combination of defensive ends in the country, and Roche, we tried to recruit. Um, uh, so they're, they're just really, really good. Uh, they're big, they're physical. It's uh, the best front four that we've played on defense. Uh, and then you you talk about King, their their quarterback, uh, again, one of the best in the country, over 10,000 yards in, um, in his career in, in total offense. Uh, but Derek is uh, a tremendous player. It seems like just a, an outstanding leader as well as that. Uh, uh, Mike Harley is one of the best receivers we faced. He's... he's tall he can fly uh he's uh, really good in space with the ball uh they've got two of the best tight ends um so they're they're a much better team uh, this year than they were last year and um you start looking at, at roche uh we knew how good he was because we saw him in our game with with temple uh but Jalen phillips is 6'5 266 and, and uh, those guys have combined for uh, 28 tackles for loss and 10.5 sacks uh, just by themselves. And then uh, they're so good on third down, they blitz 57% of the time, but they're only uh, giving up a conversion rate of 37%. Uh, so uh, another opportunity for us uh, against a, a top 10 team. It's it's unique that uh, we will play two top 10 teams, uh, one top five, one top 10 in the last two games or three games that we have this year. Uh, so it, it gives us an opportunity to continue to see how we measure uh, against the best teams in the country. So I echo a lot of the same sentiments that Mac has. At the end of the day, you see where you are. Again, this is an incredible opportunity to not only play Notre Dame, figure out, all right, we're good, but we're not great. And again, not to have your complete game where you're firing from all cylinders, which is what we didn't get to do against Notre Dame, especially offensively. I now believe that this is an opportunity to show, hey, we're good from both sides of the ball and we can handle it from both sides of the ball. I think we saw improvement from a Carolina during the Wake Forest game. I think we saw improvement from Carolina defensively during the Notre Dame game. Like you held in book to numbers that he's not used to seeing. Unfortunately, they got tired because everybody gets tired after a while when you're offense is giving three and outs every other you know drive but I do believe that we saw some progress now in that Miami in this Miami game I hope to see all of that come together from both sides again it's going to be a challenge ain't nobody sleeping on Miami we all understand what Derek King has done for them we all understand what Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche Roche bring to the table so nobody is you know acting as if we can't you know, have a fight up against us. But at the same time, 
I think Carolina has to stop sleeping on themselves and continue to build that momentum. Like, we don't even – I don't even count the Western Carolina game because we already knew that. But when you think about games I wish we had back, the Florida State and Virginia game are just two that I wish <laughs> we could have back so we could sit currently, what, 10-1 and one or 9-1 and one and be in a different conversation. So here we are. But alas, or was it – uh, yeah, I guess it would be what, two losses. So what are we now? Six and, six and three, seven – we're 7-3. and three. Right. So getting take that away. We would have had nine and nine and one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, math is not my strong sure. I'm pretty I ain't gonna lie to y'all, okay? <laughs> but we get through it together and that's what we do. So what will the winning against Miami mean to me? It will mean that we are moving in the right direction. It will mean that Carolina is no longer has that, you know, monkey of Miami on its back. We played some close matches as we saw last year. It was, you know, the game to watch, in my opinion, and Carolina showed itself like, okay, we're on the men. Nobody expected Carolina to beat Miami last year, but more importantly, I know Miami has that grudge going up against Carolina this year. So I am hoping to see a great game. It's probably going to be a shootout. I'm perfectly fine with that so long as the outcome is income for Carolina. So you guys got to head on over to the Locked On NFL Network as it is crossover Thursday, and it's a great way to get a quick breakdown of every game your fantasy team or for your parlay. Crossover Thursday is only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final thoughts of the day as we wrap up with our Priceless Gym segment, and I know I get a little deeper when I get to the Priceless Gym conversation. And I wanted to read you guys an article per ESPN. It's super short, but necessary nonetheless. As we talked about UNC versus Miami, Miami Hurricanes starting safety Al Blades Jr. announced Tuesday, yesterday, that he will miss the rest of the season after being diagnosed with myocarditis. In a Twitter post, Blades wrote, as of last week, I was going through COVID protocols when doctors had some concerns about my blood work. After undergoing an MRI on my heart, I have been diagnosed with myocarditis. This will cause me to be out for a minimum of three months. It hurts not to be out there with my brothers, but I will always be a hurricane. I'm looking forward to returning to the field in 2021. And if you don't know, myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart and has been linked to COVID-19. All right, listen. I'm all for talking about these games. I'm all for covering these games. I'm all for, you know, having seasons fine. But, you know, at the same token, it feels like at times, what are we really doing here? What are we putting these young student athletes through? So, yes, it's not COVID live, COVID die sometimes, but it is I get COVID and now I have residual effects of having this virus for the rest of my life, potentially, you know, because of I had to go out there and play, you know, a game for you guys because of financial reasons, NCAA or university program XYZ. So that's hard, you know, especially for someone who's a former student athlete. I understand I might not have been a revenue sport, but almost worse because what did I, I mean, I got an education out of it, but at the same time, a lot of these guys are putting in the work to deliver millions and if not billions of dollars to universities and organizations to not see any of that profit so it's kind of asinine to me and I don't understand it I don't know if I'll ever understand it I think there needs to be a way a program to pay athletes whatever system you want to put together whatever task force task team whatever to get that done because it's necessary if you're going to make these kids go they're essential workers they're they're keeping a lot of lights on for a lot of people myself included so how can we sit here and say hey thank you 
for being an essential worker, but you're not receiving any compensation for it. I understand they have a roof over their heads. I understand they get a free education, quote unquote free. I understand that they have a place to stay and despite all of this and everything that's going on. However, we are really being ignorant if we're saying that these guys are doing it for essentially nothing and we're going to be okay with that. Like, that's just not something that sits right with me. I will always address it because I feel like one is my show. I can do what I want. But two, it's important to have those conversations because you have to really take a hard look in that mirror and understand the effects that you're putting these guys and girls through every single day. And I'm, again, always sending up good vibes and blessings for people because at any given time, this could be a different conversation for a lot of these players. Any given time, right? We're living and trying to work through, play through a pandemic. It's wild. <laughs> I will never understand it. I just want to get through it and get over it and move on. But man, oh man, if there was ever a time to just simply reevaluate, I think the basketball season and how many games they cancel every other day is one of them. So. That's my three cents that you didn't ask for, but you got, okay? Hope you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday. Make sure you stay smart, stay safe out there. Please wear a mask, Lord Jesus. And as always, go Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.